0: Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you, and your kids, grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher, and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Today I have Bethany Hudson and Kelsey Harms from Prairie and Pine Homeschool Curriculum. Hi, ladies.
1: Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having us here.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's I've been excited for this ever since I met you guys down at the Idaho Homeschool Convention um, because you have a unique, a great story and a unique curriculum. And I've been looking forward to hearing more of that. Do you guys want to maybe each introduce yourselves a little bit um, more, a little of your background? and?
1: All right, I'll go first. Um, so yeah, my name is Bethany and I am a former public education teacher. So I used to teach public school English language arts. So I've taught everything from sixth through twelfth grade. And I was in the classroom for about six and a half years. And in May of 2020, 20- 22, my husband and I adopted an eight-year-old little boy who just completely turned our world upside down in the best of ways. Right. Um, And though I never expected to leave the classroom, I ended up um, shortly after we adopted him, it just became really, really clear that um, I wanted to be home with him. And so I left my position in the classroom and started homeschooling my son. And I've
0: never looked back. Good for you. I, you know, I started my kids off, um, in public school, never thought homeschooling was our path. And once we found it, I would never consider another one. Uh So Kelsey, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Yeah. So, um, my name is Kelsey Harms. I taught English language arts for eight years. Um, before, so last May, I gave birth to my son Wade and decided. Well, really?
0: Yeah, my five year old. Oh,
2: I love that. <laughs> I haven't met another Wade, so that's cool. Oh, too cute. Um, but yeah, so after giving birth to my son, I kind of realized that I was never going back to work. Um, Which was an interesting realization because I was a pretty passionate educator um, and I worked really hard. I got a bunch of fancy degrees and national board certified. And I thought I was going to be like the lifelong teacher. Um, But motherhood changes you in a way that um, I don't think you can ever plan for. So now I feel like my place is at home, but I'm still obviously very passionate about education. Um, So it's just, it's kind of been a, a fun transition as Bethany and I have found our way back to, we actually used to teach together. Um, Funny enough, Bethany did her student teaching with me when I was a second year teacher, which is weird because no second year teacher should be training another teacher.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, when there's no teachers.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Worked out really well, um, obviously, because, we taught for a couple years and then found our way back to each other using, um, creating the Prairie and Pine curriculum. So.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you know, I understand your, uh, how motherhood changed you and coming full circle. I think I told, um, uh, Kelsey, I think I told you about how my first love was agriculture and, um, now I've come full circle where I'm more into regenerative farming and, homesteading and those types of things and actually speak out a little bit against, uh, agriculture while still wanting to support the farmers. It's a really weird concept. So I can see how you guys still like support kids and education and, um, but don't want to be in that in public education anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like motherhood helps you to kind of find your voice in a way that you didn't know you needed to. mm -hmm. So Bethany realized that something wasn't working for her child and she like called him with like, I'm quitting my job and homeschooling my son, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, there's no, I'm going to sit back and see how things unfold. It's like the fierceness of motherhood helps you to take action and, and voice things when you maybe wouldn't have before.
0: I remember the feeling I felt when I drove away from like the last food plant that I worked at. And I was just like, I'm done. Like, I don't have to feel that stress anymore. And when we moved to North Idaho, I was looking at maybe, you know, going back to work or starting a business or something while still being home with the kids. And there's a big plant. I mean, literally right by our house. My husband's like, oh, why don't you go work there? Then you'd be close to home. You could come home for lunch. And just the thought of going back to a plant, like almost gave me like anxiety, even though I loved what I did. I didn't want to leave the kids.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think Kelsey and I can totally relate. Like, we loved our positions in the classroom. Like, we have a huge passion for teaching, which is why we've continued to carry our passion into creating curriculum for families. Um, But yeah, there is something just more powerful about just wanting to be home with your kids. And we're both really grateful we're in a place where we can be home with our kids because we know that's not not a choice that everybody gets to make. So Uh,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So tell me the story about how you came up with the name of your business.
2: We So basically, it's kind of a roundabout way. Um, Bethany and I are both wannabe homesteaders who dream of owning lots of land someday. I don't call it wannabe.
0: You're aspiring um, homesteaders.
2: (laughs) We're inspiring. Yeah, we're practicing. We do all of the things that we can (laughs) in our little chunk of land in the city. Um, And so... I was thinking of a name for when I someday get my homestead Um, and I grew up in Northern Idaho. So we have the prairie, which is what the town that I grew up in was in the prairie. Um, And then we have the mountains. So the pines, Mm -hmm. so prairie and pine kind of was something that stuck out to me. And then when we were brainstorming names, I was like, well, I have this name and then he was like, are you sure you want to use your potential homestead name? And I was like, yeah, that's farther off than where we're at with the curriculum. Um, And I just, yeah, I think we both loved how it kind of encompasses everything.
0: It really does. I think that's a really special name. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Because I know I named my ranch as a play on words from my dad's ranch. And he passed away several years ago and before he ever got to see me own a ranch. And so I wanted to celebrate that. And he had Oak Ridge Ranch. And so we bought this place, and it's covered in cedars. So we call it Cedar Ridge Ranch. And that was really special for my family. So a lot of times I don't always jump right into like what your products are, but I really love what you decided to do with your products. So do you want to tell me like how you um, got started? Like what, just tell me the story.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Just the story of when we got started, kind of like Kelsey mentioned, I called her one day and I was like, I'm quitting my job and homeschooling my son. And she said, I've been thinking about this idea because I don't want to go back to work either. Um, And so she started telling me about how she'd been tossing around the idea of developing curriculum for homeschool families, because as we had kind of made the transition out of the classroom, we realized that there's really a limited amount of resources specifically for English language arts for homeschool families, especially at the high school and middle school level. And so we started to look into just what was available for those families. And interestingly enough, um, when Kelsey brought this idea up to me, I had been thinking of the same thing. Um, So both of us on different sides of the state without talking to each other had been thinking about Asking the other person if they wanted to start a homeschool curriculum business together. Um, so when she mentioned the idea, of course, I was all in. Um, so, yeah, as we just started researching what was available, we realized that we could really fill a pretty big gap in what's available for families. Mm -hmm. So when we were teachers, you know, Kelsey said that I was a student teacher with her as my mentor teacher. So I learned a lot from her and we both taught in rural low income schools. uh, so they didn't have a lot of resources. So everything that Kelsey and I did in the classroom was curriculum that we designed. So from, from the get go, we weren't using a curriculum that was provided by the school we were looking at what our kids needed and we were designing things to meet their needs. Um, so our product, so uses, you had homeschool
0: in the blood already <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of, which I forgot to mention earlier. I grew up being homeschooled. So I'm a okay. graduate who ended up being a public school teacher and then made my way back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so when we kind of started looking at what was successful for us in the classroom, um, and realizing that what, style we used in the classroom there really isn't a curriculum available that replicates that which is um, we use a method called a text set so we take a novel or a book you know an anchor text and then we build everything around that so we're pulling in art and music and poetry and excerpts from other books and um, non-fiction articles Um, So we're creating this really comprehensive unit that's allowing kids to really um, focus in on the themes of the text and see how they can make connections between that text and life around them. So they're not just reading books and saying, oh, that was a good book or, oh, I didn't like that book. They're reading these books and they're seeing how it applies to their life and learning that as like a, a launch pad for developing critical thinking.
0: I love that. I, My husband and I were actually talking about your curriculum the other night in the car. And I was saying, you know, I think there's a lot of really great classic literature out there, but I felt like they beat a dead dog in high school, just reiterating, you know, the same short story. I, I actually, I used Scarlet Letter as a, an example, because that was one that just really stuck in my head that it was, I understood the story. I understood the layers of it. But I think we spent almost an entire semester working on that one story and writing essays on it and just beat it and beat it and beat it. And And to the point where I didn't like the story anymore. And I didn't feel like it connected to anything in modern day. And the things that I could place it to probably could have been a one-day lecture instead of a three-month lecture. And so that's something I was really excited about with what you guys are doing is that you do take... Um, the books I had seen so far are fairly modern books and they connect to what's happening in our real world.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I love that you mentioned the Scarlet Letter because I actually loved teaching the Scarlet Letter, um, but I got in trouble in high school because I disagreed with being told what the theme of Scarlet Letter was. Um, and so I like I, that. <laughs> like, as far as our curriculum goes, one of the things that we really think is important is to allow the student to discover the story instead of telling them. Like, it sounds like your experience was very similar to mine. And actually, unfortunately, also similar to some of the curriculum that's out there for homeschool is that you're going to read a book here's what you need to get from it. You're going to do some vocab and maybe take some tests and write an essay. Um, But there's not a lot of exploration of the themes and the implications of those themes in the world around you. Like the Scarlet Letter is a great example, especially in the climate of our culture today, um, of some really powerful connections that kids can make um, Mm -hmm. with things like cancel culture and bullying on social media and those sorts of Mm -hmm. things. But I never had the opportunity to think critically about a text. I just had the opportunity to be told what the theme was and, and what I should be getting from the story. So we have really tried to build a text set that allows a student to explore the ideas and unravel and let the story take them where they're individually supposed to go with it, not where we want them to get at the end.
0: You know, I love to hear that. I, I didn't get to really enjoy English until college. And I was in my mid 20s. By the time I went back to college, I was a single mom and stuff at the time. So I definitely was in a different mindset. But I still walked into that class having that same like, I'll just do it because I have to. And I had the most amazing professor who was like, when you talk about stuff, you have passion. He's like, let's get that on paper. And he helped me follow my passion. He's the one who got me to turn and study agriculture. I, I thank him every opportunity I get and send him gifts every time my career goes to a new place because he was the one who not only made me feel like I could write, which is now my job. That's my career. I'm an author, you know, but he also sent me in the direction of agriculture, which I never thought of using as a career, even though it was something I'd grown up with. And I am so thankful for where he let me take some of the things that I did. Um, an example of that is we had to write a how to essay and I was so bored with it. Um, because I, at 25, I had already worked in the world for seven years and I was in a classroom full of 18 year olds who were still struggling with that. I just got out of college or high school and hate the class. And he actually let me write mine on sat. I, I wrote a satire essay on how to fluff a pillow. It was like, I think it was 20-something pages on how to fluff a pillow. And it just, it really that. changed how I looked at writing.
2: That's such a great story. <laughs> I love yeah.
0: that. You know, there there's a follow-up essay on how to fluff fluffy, but, you know, <laughs> other family pets.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, do we get to read this essay, or do you have, are you going to do a public reading of it somewhere? <laughs> I
0: actually... I have a printout of like the last two pages of it and I can't, the rest is on my computer that's out in my garage. And I think I need to have like a computer tech, get all my files (laughs) off of it. And I'm really excited to reread this one. (laughs) Yeah. When you decided that this is where you wanted to go, what was the first book you decided to write one of your text sets on?
2: we did Into the Wild, um, which is a nonfiction um, story by John Krakauer. Um, And we chose this book because Bethany and I both love the outdoors. We think that nature is powerful. um, And we live in a society that is more and more distant from nature. And so... Into the Wild is, is a unique story. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I'm not. It just
0: went on my notes. I haven't got to do a lot of reading for fun over the last few years.
2: Imagine. <laughs> yeah. And
0: um, I am going down a path right now for my next book that allows me to read a lot of books like this. So
2: nice. Cool. Well, so just like briefly, basically, Into the Wild is a story, and this isn't a spoiler because they tell you this in the very beginning. <laughs> the story of Chris McCandless, who is a kid who comes from a pretty wealthy family. Um, he sells all of his belongings and goes off in the hopes of kind of finding himself in nature and he ends up dying oh. Um, oh. on this trip uh, sort of to test his survival. So the story is really fun in, the, in from an English teacher perspective because it <laughs> introduces students to a few dilemmas, right? You have people who are nature enthusiasts, who are like, this kid was an idiot. He had no idea what he was doing. He wasn't prepared, like shame on him. And then you have people who are like, well, good for him for sacrificing everything in the hopes of finding some purpose and intention in life. So there's kind of these moral conundrums that you come into throughout the story. But it's also just a good story for students to explore what wilderness looks like and what it means to overcome an obstacle or to persevere through through hard things. Um, And we love that this story does this through nature writing. So John Crocker is a phenomenal author who researches everything thoroughly. So there's a lot of like embedded stories in there about survival and nature and not surviving nature. Um, And just kind of, it's a complex text, but it also is a really accessible text if students have the resources there to support their understanding which is one of those concepts that's covered in a tech set like building in scaffolds to ensure that when they get to something that's really hard to read they've had the background knowledge so they've built up an understanding so that, that they can then process like oh this is what this means okay does that did I explain that very well yeah
0: well <laughs> okay. and I I was just thinking like we should cover what grades this was for. And then I realized you had said junior high, high school level. And I love that you really focused on that level because I feel like every new curriculum writer goes straight for the younger kids because it's a lot of bright colors and it's, you know, just different ways of doing the alphabets and those types of things. And I love that you really focused in on older students. I mean, I've done that myself, but it was a little scary thinking about am I capable of teaching an older student?
1: It is. And I think that a lot of parents are really nervous about teaching at the high school and middle school level, which is also one of our They big... also
0: send their kids back a lot at that age.
1: Exactly. Um, and I can totally see why Mm -hmm. some of the curriculum is super daunting. Some of the pacing guides, like if you look at a textbook and you see the pacing guide of everything you're supposed to cover in a year, it can be really overwhelming. And for someone who, I mean, Kelsey and I both have master's degrees for teaching and a bunch of additional certifications Mm -hmm. and years of experience. And we sometimes still had moments of imposter syndrome in the classroom. Like, what are Mm -hmm. we doing here? Um, but at the end of the day, like we are qualified and we figured out our way in the classroom. Um, and especially now as parents, we've also realized that there's, there's really no one better to teach your children than you as the parent. And, um, so we have been so intentional as we've designed this curriculum to create a really comprehensive parent guide that really walks parents through each of the assignments, Um, explains the reasoning behind the assignment and like everything that the student needs to do so that the parents can feel like they have the skills to teach their children. Uh, we don't want parents to feel like they have to send their kids back to public school, but then not feel good about that decision and kind of wish that they could keep them at home. So for for parents who really want to keep their kids in homeschool throughout the middle school and high school years cuz like you said the majority of kids go back to public school mm-hmm. in those ages. Like it's a huge percentage that return to public school. Yeah. Um so we want to help families who Want to stay in the homeschool setting, and um, which is also why we've created. We have a YouTube um, channel that accompanies our curriculum too. So, like the core assignments that are going to reoccur in each unit. Um, I saw that in the parent unit, but
0: I hadn't had a chance to dig too deep.
1: Yeah. So, and um, and we also like we would love parents to email us if they're confused about something, or they want to know something, or if their child's struggling. Like we're We're a pretty tight knit community, the homeschool world. Um, And I think that really capitalizing on that community and just creating a community for parents so that they feel supported and that they feel empowered to give their kids the education that they want to give them.
0: I agree. You know, I have a Facebook group for the parents that have my curriculum because you know, a lot of it is the parents are learning how to homestead themselves and to be able to have that support of a community and stuff is a really, I've seen a lot of wonderful conversation happen there.
2: That's awesome. I think one of the things that also happens with homeschool curriculum is like Bethany mentioned that it's either very overwhelming um, or it disappoints in the sense that um, it doesn't, challenge a child. And so one of the things with our curriculum is we provide a pacing guide and it's an eight week pacing guide. Um, but it's adaptable. Um, but in that pacing guide, there is rigor built in because we do, we know for a fact that when you challenge a child and you set high expectations, they will strive to meet those expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw in the public school setting, you know, we have kids who, never read a book, who read a book because we built a relationship with them and we believed in them and they did it not because they wanted to, they did it because of the relationship that they had with us. But in the end, they felt a level of success and accomplishment because of what they had done. And so that's one of the things that our curriculum is pretty diligent about is that there. If you were to look at it as a whole, it could seem a little bit overwhelming, Um, Mm -hmm. but everything's adaptable, adaptable, adaptable um, to the needs of the home. Um, But that doesn't mean that you should cut out like, oh, my kid really doesn't like to write essays. Let's just do a paragraph. I think being able to accomplish those big things, like writing a full essay about like you're doing the Salatin unit. So yes let's say you're doing it about raw milk, right? Like having your child dig in and research and substantiate their argument and have this final product that they can sit back and be like, if somebody asks me about raw milk, like I've got this, I did research. Like I know this this topic, I chose this topic, I know this topic and I did this hard thing that like writing pages and pages is a lot of work.
0: <laughs> right, okay, so that brings up two great like, points that I wanted to make with what I'm excited about with your curriculum. So you mentioned that I bought the Salatin unit, which is you did a curriculum on food exploration based on Joel Salatin's book, Folks, The Saint Normal, which is a book that I've worked on reading myself. The kids and I are excited to dive into it. Um, we'll probably do some read and stuff like that because I have um, my twins is who I'm going to be doing this curriculum with. They're 14. Um, they both have learning disabilities. And we are so excited to cover this because we end up struggling with English curriculum so much because so much of it is about grammar and spelling and those types of things that, you know, a severely dyslexic child just, it bogs her down and it makes her hate English. When she's brilliant, she can read at a really high level and when she's typing, writes beautiful stories and essays. You know, we're still going to do the curriculums that make her do all those things because she still does need to build those skills. But I was excited to find a place where she could focus her skills on something that excites her and not something I'm just having to make up all the time. On the flip side, her twin brother, he's autistic, um, very high functioning. Um, He's got the reading and spelling down and stuff, but all he cares about is his cows. (laughs) <laughs> so you know like you get those like the hyper focus with the autistic kids all he cares about is you know cows and his corn plot and track tractors I don't even know what those are and I'm you know but those are his thing um he's taking um a free course through the raw milk institute because his cows are going to be able to come back into milk like those are things that he loves and cares about. And to be able to encourage him to dive deeper in that, um, my daughter wants to be a vet. So she's constantly diving deeper into those types of things. They both just did their 4-H presentation. Um, They compete in 4-H presentations. They did theirs. um, His was on the history of the pork industry. And hers was on the veterinarian's role in the pork industry.
2: Cool. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. And so to be able to find something that they can take that further and have that guidance even with something that i feel comfortable with that having someone else kind of guide my kids down a path of something that they actually enjoy i'm really excited i mean they're excited for this
1: that is so cool and i um i love hearing more insight just into your kid and i'm so excited to hear how it goes using the unit with two such polar opposites yeah. as far as learning styles and abilities go. Um, I we would love to talk with you after you guys. Most
0: definitely. I will circle back.
1: (laughs) For sure. Um Yeah. And, um, I think this is going to be just such a great fit for you guys. So Mm -hmm. just for example, with your child who like really doesn't do the grammar, but has such great ideas. Mm -hmm. Like one of the components of every single unit that we do is journals. So before they read a chapter, they have a journal prompt. And after they read the chapter, they have a journal prompt. And we tell parents in the um, in the parent guide, we're like, please do not grade these for spelling and grammar. Like all you should be focused on here is depth of ideas and getting kids to like express themselves and take risks mm-hmm. and think critically. Um, and so, you know, and we also have assignments that do have more structure. Like there are formal writing assignments, but you can also tailor those to your child. So well, if and at you this know... age, it's
0: important to have those formal writings.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so it's so adjustable and I think we really accommodate the different learning styles and abilities well. So I'm really excited for you guys and I, I can't wait to hear how that goes. Yeah,
0: they actually, they're like, so when do we start? And I was like, I was actually, we're doing a cross country trip this year. We do one every year and we have a book that we read during the cross country So I think it's going to be this one and we do it in the fall to go to the Homesteaders of America conference. So I think that'll be a really great combination that they can work on that, this curriculum, at least starting as we're traveling. So, and then, you know, to be reading a book, doing a unit on it and go listening to Joel Salatin speak and things, I think it'll be a really great combination.
1: Yeah, that's
2: awesome. I think I'll add, if you don't mind, um, Bethany touched on it, but just to kind of reiterate the, the curriculum that we've built is not meant to feel like this but it is actually a reading and writing curriculum um, and so a lot of the secondary curriculum that you'll find like my husband was homeschooled and his biggest complaint was I had to read books and do this and then I had to write essays about completely different things and they were they weren't combined and he's mm-hmm. like why does, why didn't I have this when I was homeschooled um, and that's what our units do is they combine things so like We're encouraging parents not to grade journals, but there's actually science to back that up. We encourage them not to do that because when students have these low filter writing opportunities, they grow as writers exponentially. So it's a cool opportunity for them to be actually learning grammar without feeling like they're learning grammar. They're actually growing their skills without the red marks. And so our curriculum does combine the reading and writing and actually also functions as a social science credit as well. So we combined a few different subjects into one. So it makes it a little less painful to get kids to to touch on some topics.
0: And because um, my kids do struggle with some of those topics so much, I often don't even grade like their English assignments. I correct them. So they never get a final grade. They just get, you know, like the red marks, they go in and fix it. And that's just more for an, a, a larger learning opportunity for them rather than getting a specific grade.
1: Which is scientifically proven to have more growth than if you mm-hmm. just assigned them a grade and moved on. So well, and it's a little I love different that like that.
0: with algebra. I mean, you you know you get 15 out of 20 right I can't really change that number (laughs) right they're right or wrong you know so that gives them an opportunity when they're good at algebra and they struggle with English it makes it where I can make them find that love for it like I was able to find at one point
1: yeah absolutely and we we've built that revision process into the curriculum as well so just the, the act of like you have your first draft and you get the feedback and then you decide where you're making your improvements and then you revise and turn it in again. So that's incorporated throughout all of our units as well. Just oh, that's with, awesome. with the intent that like, it's all about growth. Like you said, it shouldn't be about the grade. It should be mm-hmm. about this is where you started and this is all the improvement you've made because that's, what's important.
0: I love that. I, like I said, I, I flipped through it a little bit this morning. My email that you guys sent me came yesterday and, um, yeah, I wanted to weed more than I wanted to sit in front of the computer. So <laughs> I get that, <laughs> right? but I, we are super excited. So, um, what has been your most popular book that you've done? I, cause I know you've done quite a few so far.
1: Do you think it'd be,
2: I am Malala. That's what it's was yeah. just
0: <laughs> All right. Well, tell me a little bit about that one.
2: So the Malala unit, um, we actually have a high school and a middle school version because they came out with the Young Readers edition for I Am Malala. Um, But basically, it's a unit that gets students thinking about um, finding something worth fighting for, not not encouraging like a physical altercation, but like. How to find your voice. Um, kind of like stand for about.
0: something you'll fall for anything. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. How to find those things that kind of ignite you and make you want to speak up or make you want to take a stand. And um and Malala's story. If you're not are you familiar with, I'll just briefly explain it in case your audience hasn't. Malala mm-hmm. is a young girl who advocated for girls' education in Pakistan, where the Taliban had come in and basically said, girls don't get to go to school anymore. Um, She ended up getting shot in the head by the Taliban and survived and went on to write this book. Um, So the book as like a text set is incredibly powerful because students are doing things like they're looking at the history of the Taliban so that they can get a better understanding of how this could even happen. They're looking at the geography of Pakistan. Um, They're looking at cultural elements like they do a reading log. And one of the things we want them to focus on is not whose culture is better or worse, but what makes Malala's culture unique? What are these things like um, cultural norms that sort of shape who she is? Because culture shapes who we are. Um, So kind Mm -hmm. of looking, exploring the cultural components of it, um, but then they do a human rights project. So they look at a human rights violation that's happening somewhere in the world. And then they advocate for it. Um, well, and this is be really be...
0: interesting in our home as well. My husband's a Iraqi war vet.
2: Oh,
1: wow. And yeah, so
0: many of our friends are that homeschool and stuff. And I mean, just our generation, a lot of our the men and women in our generation are veterans where having to come home and try to explain to their children what it's like over there. I think that could be a really wonderful opportunity.
2: Yeah. So this unit actually includes um, a pretty thorough visit with uh, 9-11 because Bethany and I learned in the classroom, a lot of our students didn't know what 9-11 was, which is shocking for the people who lived through it and then had friends who went to war and didn't come home. Um, The fact that this next generation doesn't even know, or they're like, oh, I've heard of it it was like a thing in New York and like,
0: I mean, yeah, I I think (laughs) think like it's, that's such a big part of my youth. I mean, I was 17 when it happened. I remember sitting in class and watching it on TV and my kids, I had to like Google it for them to even be able to see what that looked like.
2: Yeah. So we've built in, um, a, a pretty, pretty thorough, portion just to get kids exploring that and the implications of 9-11 because it impacts Malala's story Mm -hmm. right she's she's telling it from a perspective of being somebody in the Middle East not really knowing what's going on but greatly impacted by the Taliban where she Mm -hmm. lives and across the world is another terrorist attack from a different cell of an organization so it's yeah it's a I think it's a powerful, I I know that it's a powerful Mm -hmm. unit Um, and it's, it's heavy. Like we have some, you know, parental warnings in there for, there's a video, um, there's a photo that we have students look at and things like that, that we want parents to be involved. And so we want them to know like, Hey, this is a really heavy topic and you might have to preface it a little bit, or maybe walk through it with your kiddos, depending Mm -hmm. on where they're at. Um, in their learning journey, as far as that goes.
0: Well, and you know, that's one of those things that you can't shelter your kids from everything that's happening in the world. Um, You know, I even say like shelter them from the bad things. That is a bad thing that happened, but it's an important thing to understand.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes that's okay. I mean, even to compare to my curriculum, it's not the same, but the same concepts is every time I came across something that I asked, should this be in there? I said, yes. So, I mean, there's occasions where there's uh, some graphic photos of like butchering and stuff. There is a link to go watch a video on field dressing a deer, but when you're learning self-sufficiency, that is part of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So um, you guys just came out with the Salatin unit, which is amazing. Did you have a, didn't you have another one that you just came out with at the same time?
1: Yes, it's on When Stars Are Scattered, so it's a graphic novel and so this is a middle school unit. So When Stars Are Scattered is a true story about two young boys who fled Somalia during their civil war and ended up growing up together in a refugee camp in Kenya. So it's just their story of growing up in the refugee camp and where they ended up in life after um after they left there. So it's a really incredible story and kids love graphic novels. I don't know how your kids are about graphic novels, but my son loves them. Yeah. Um, even in middle
0: school, my, my kids are eighth, they just graduated from eighth grade, but I would totally have them circle back to a topic like that. If it was something they enjoyed reading because that eighth grade is eighth, ninth grade is kind of in that middle area still.
1: It is for sure. Yeah. Um, and if you have an older student, that wants to kind of circle back to that they just take the content deeper than they would have if they had done it in their earlier years right Right. like Mm -hmm. that um it's totally doable um but yeah so we're really excited for that one we're just days away from getting it back from the printer so we're excited for I love that that feeling yeah (laughs) like
0: I I like wait you know like I'm checking like FedEx constantly to see if my new books have shown up and You know, now it's to the point where our poor FedEx lady delivers 20 giant boxes a week, (laughs) (laughs) like, ah, you know, at least you're going to get your workout (laughs) in. Yeah. I always make sure there's a teenager in a wheelbarrow there. (laughs) Right. Uh, So I am, I have to say, as you guys are telling me about each one of these units, I am so excited and trying to think how to work them into our homeschool year, because, you know, they're what you say, they're about eight weeks, but you can customize them. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I just, I love that for the first time, I feel excited to dive deep into some literature with my kids when I still had some of those walls up. And even though we've kept them on track with age appropriate, you know, grammar, writing, even essay writing, um, I never felt that need to dive deep into literature with them because it felt like such a struggle to me. So we just focused a lot of ours on more scientific writing and like, I'm excited. They're excited. Even my husband is excited and he is like anti everything educational, especially if it involves books (laughs) and even, even more if it involves me buying books (laughs) And he is, you know, like I said, we had that long conversation in the car the other day specifically about your curriculum, probably well over an hour. So to have him discussing curriculum with me for well over an hour like that, I think he's excited. I think he's more excited that I'm going to be doing a lot of reading out loud. So he'll actually get to hear the book too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I'm so glad you guys are excited. That's That is everything that we're hoping to accomplish. Like, it should be an exciting and engaging experience. We don't want literature to feel dead and pointless. That's criminal for the world of educators and English (laughs) teachers. So
0: we're
1: excited for you.
0: I feel similar in the science realm where I wrote mine is that I got so tired of every homeschool science was just an art project. So... You know, and I get a lot of excitement that it's, you know, for my younger kid curriculum, it is art projects because that's appropriate with the age. But for my junior high and high school kids, they don't need to be doing art projects. They need to be doing real hands-on things like we would do if we were in school. They'd actually be handing us Bunsen burners and chemicals. So why wouldn't we do that for our homeschool kids as well? So Absolutely. Um, We're getting a little closer to the end. I want to make sure that we cover all the good stuff. Do you want to give me like a brass tacks? How the curriculum works? How you get all the parts? That type of thing.
2: Okay. Well, I'll start us off. So, basic today. Oh, yeah. Um, So, basically, just to reiterate, what we do is we build an eight-week unit around a book, and Mm -hmm. we do what's called a text set. So, we take that book and we build supplemental resources, things like poetry, art analysis, music, nonfiction articles, TED talks. We even include recipes, so your Salatin one has a recipe for bone broth, <laughs> um, things that are specific to the unit and that are going to not only help students to better understand what they are reading, but then to empower students to take what they are reading and apply it to the world around them. So that's kind of the text set in a nutshell. That's what you're going to get with every single unit that we do. Um, and the unit comes with a parent guide. Bethany, do you want to go over the parent guide?
1: Sure, yes. Um, so the parent guide breaks down every single assignment that is going to be in the student workbook. It talks about the order and the structure of everything. Um, it breaks a lot of stuff. We break it down just step-by-step again, just so that parents really feel empowered to be able to help their children successfully accomplish it. Um, we don't want there to be any feelings of parents being like, I'm not qualified to teach this because we promise you, you absolutely are qualified to teach this to your kids. Um, so yeah, the parent guide is just um, just a resource for you so that you understand what your child is supposed to be doing in each page of the workbook. We do encourage families to look all the way through the parent guide before starting the unit, just because it's going to give you a more solid understanding of how the unit is set up and what to expect week by week. And it also gives you ideas on how to adjust if you know you don't want to stick to the really strict eight-week pacing guide Um, The parent guide also gives you links to all of the articles, videos, um, everything that isn't physically printed in the workbook that we couldn't include because of copyright laws. Um, So there's links there. There's also going to be QR codes um, in the actual student workbook so kids can access it directly. But if you don't want your kids accessing it, like on a cell phone or something, there's the links in the parent guide so that you can print it off for your kids. yeah, so and kind of like we mentioned earlier for the really core pieces, there's also the YouTube channel um, that gives a further tutorial for the main aspects of each of the units. So
0: that's awesome. So um my favorite question for all of my guests, and I'll let you guys answer one at a time probably, is um, what does keep growing mean to you? Oh
1: man, keep growing. Um, I think that keep growing to me, it means like always being curious and always, um, learning more, um, kind of staying outside of your comfort zone, um, not settling. Yeah. That's kind of what I think of when I think of keep growing, like always keep challenging yourself.
0: Love that. So you got a second to think about it.
2: <laughs> I know. It was actually, I had something pop up right when you said it though. Um, so I have always been a lifelong reader, um, but in high school, I decided that I hated reading and I hated English because I um, didn't have teachers who met my needs. So when I became, when I was in grad school and was going to school to become a teacher, I decided to become a teacher so that I could do it better than what I had. Um, and I think that that has empowered me, not that I have done it better, but I would like to think that I have, um, to not stifle the creativity of our kids by giving them cookie cutter curriculum. So this idea of the potential for growth um, and sort of empowering students to, on the individual level, to seek whatever, whether that it's their love of dairy cows or Pit, right like wherever that passion comes from to to give them opportunities to ignite there and um I think that's what as an educator I went educator route <laughs> as far as keep growing just allowing that growth to occur
0: yeah that's beautiful I mean that's why we need more teachers like you so do you guys want to tell everyone where they can find you where they can get your curriculum um did we have a code something Yes.
1: We, we would love to offer a 20% off discount code to all of your listeners. So that coupon code is going to be in all caps, Homestead Education 20.
0: Love it.
1: Um, And you can use that coupon code on our website, which is prairieandpinecurriculum.com. You can find us on Instagram, which our handle is prairieandpine.hc, HC being homeschool curriculum. And then you can also find us on Facebook with the same prairieandpine.hc. So we have a Facebook page, the Instagram page. And then for anyone who um, is using our curriculum, we also send an invite to a Facebook group. Sounds like similar to what you do with your curriculum, where it's families using the curriculum. And so Uh, which you have direct access to us for asking questions and um, anything that you need. We're there to help, um, but also just making connections with other families who are using the curriculum as well.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. I'll make sure I link this all in the show notes and everybody hop over and check out what they're doing, because I, I know that my listeners from the Homestead Education are looking for this type of education for their kids. So check it out you know, go ahead and order Homestead Education 20, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thank you so much for coming on, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!